If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider helping by supporting our show. Although never expected, any support for our show enables us to keep bringing the audiobook club to your ears. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Season 3 of the Audiobook Club with John York, a podcast celebrating every aspect of audiobook production and the surrounding industry. The Audiobook Club is sponsored by Amplify Audiobooks by Pro Audio Voices. To hear more about the phenomenal movements Amplify Audiobooks is making for independent authors in the audiobook space, you can find a direct link in the bio of this episode, as well as a short but informative advertisement within this interview. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Audiobook Club. In this week's episode, we're so lucky to be joined once again by authors of the Enigma series, Breakfield and Berkey. Rox and Charles, it's so lovely to have you join us once again on the show. How are you today? Awesome, Johnny. What a pleasure. Thanks for having us back, Johnny. Oh, thank you for wanting to come back. I um I had the pleasure, of course, of chatting to you both, um, as well as the audiobook narrator Derek Scholes in season one of the podcast. Um, for those who haven't listened to that first interview quite yet uh, and are finding the Enigma series for the first time, may I ask for a quick rundown of the Enigma series and what readers can expect when jumping in? Rox, you want to go at that? You're you're pretty good at uh, you know, snappy and uh, and succinct. <laughs> you know, I can't so, say my name in twenty minutes, so I you know, go ahead. The Enigma series is a is a techno thriller series, which means there is a foundational technology threat in each of the stories. Um, they are designed for young adults and above, uh, and they actually follow a group that we are heroes. We call them the R group, and they um, they fight cyber criminals from the dark net. They find uh, that they stick to the moral high ground, and um, Though each book is certainly something that can be listened to on its own, uh, you know, the series and the characters get richer if you do them in order. So it gets quite fun. And of course, Derek Scholes, as you mentioned, John, really is the voice of the series. And he's just he's wonderful. I'd like to camp onto that and just, you know, just highlight the fact that um, we spend a great deal of time working with him uh, on the uh, the audio uh, portions of it. He's more of a voice actor. Not fair to call him a narrator. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I was bristle at that uh, that description of him because he's uh, he has such a wide range of uh, capabilities um, from uh, you know, across multiple uh, dialects, uh, age groups, uh, male and female. Um, he's is uh, remarkable. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more from what I've heard from him. He's uh, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, now, last time we spoke, we touched upon the writing process. Um, I'd love to chat about a little bit about the research, because these books delve into the depths of what's possible in the cyber world. Are you always both? Are you both always having to keep an ear to the ground about what's new in the tech world? Do, is that like a constant th- like thing on your mind of listening to what's coming out, AI coming out, and you know all the different things? Are you always with you know with an open ear to to put on stories etc we're standing at the at the end of a conveyor belt of technology information that just floods us regularly mm-hmm. it's actually uh more of a challenge to say okay i can use this i, I can't use that because it's uh, well it's old news it's uh, 20 minutes old so um uh you know there's uh, there's always a new threat and it's it's uh the the sad state of affairs to be honest is that the good guys are always 
always behind the uh, the exploits of the bad guys. So mm-hmm. uh, they're always playing catch up, and it's a uh, um, very realistic uh, in the uh, the attack vector um, it, that's um, that we see that we research uh, we we, uh, we chronicle, and then. How would the good guys deal with it? Well, first of all, they get slapped around. It's like, well, we've never seen this before, and so that's the uh, that's the secret sauce that we have uh, in the storytelling. How long are you in that research period? So, say, plotting out a book, you're coming up with the ideas, you're, you're chatting it through. Like, how long does that research period? Um, like, how how long are you in that period for before you know beginning the first draft? You know, that's an interesting question. Uh, John, to be honest with you. So because it's part of our professional careers, Mm. it's something that we cultivate all the time. When Mm. we pick the threat that we want to use for a given story, um, then it it probably takes about, I would say, a month or so to outline where we would like the story to go. And Mm. then from there, it would be more along the lines of, um, you know, the the back and forth writing of it to weave all of the threads and the threat into the story. So for example, um, the Enigma stolen, that's all about big data stealing the future. So you don't have choices. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? It happens every day. And book 10, we get into cryptocurrency. I just got another piece of information about uh, here's how cryptocurrency is used to be able to launder money from the, uh, from cyber crimes. And they just talk about somebody being sent. So it it's not fair to say that uh, it's once and done. It's an ongoing research project that we're always getting new information because mm. the exploits seem to be morphing. Did you find that as as this new information does come out, and as you say, we always the good guys always seem to be playing catch up um, because these are you know the, these technologies seem to be first and foremost conquered by people with nefarious intentions. When first starting this series, was it like? Was it kind of like a no-brainer for you of, hang on a second, this, like, using technology as a threat just seems like a no-brainer because it is so scary and because the average person, myself included, has no clue of the capabilities of, of, of what's coming out right now, never mind what's around the corner. It, like, did that Was that like an easy jump for you both when coming up with this series to think, well, there's no scarier thing than than technology used against us. So I, I think that, yes, I think the technology, though, is more along the lines of people not being full of what's going on. So mm-hmm. what happens is a lot of times the technology itself isn't the threat. People abuse it and or ignore it. So, for example, one of the first big things is identity theft. Mm-hmm. And so that's a biggie, right? Identity theft is huge, and it's been going on for years. Part of the reason it's so easy for people to be victimized by this is because they they aren't mindful of how they do passwords mm-hmm. at its simplest form, which is one of the reasons we have a free download on our website for how to be, you know, how to create stronger passwords. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 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 we're trying to tell a great story trying to give a subtle message that people have to they have a responsibility why do you think it is such um because technology isn't niche because we use it every day at least the 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 mainstream mainstream forms of computers and internet and all that kind of thing but like why do you think 
a lot of us do, a lot of the mainstream population are kind of, may I say, undereducated on security and safety and keeping yourself safe. Why is is there a reason why you why you feel that a lot of us do come up with challenges against things like that? You know, I don't oh. think it's undereducated. Mm-hmm. I really think it's more the lo- along the lines of I'm invincible. How many times have we talked to people? Even that uh, that uh, one of the co-authors we uh, we associate with, mm-hmm. she sent through a note saying, "My ID has been." confiscated i cannot get into my amazon account i can't do anything how Mm. what do i do now it never occurred to her here are the attack vectors um you send out emails with everybody's name on it sort of blank carbon copying them so that nobody anybody intercepts the email won't have a list of all your friends Mm. um you know password uh, like i'll use the same person password for all of my uh, different accounts she sent back a stunned note, and I said, "You did tell me you used different passwords." She goes, "No, it's the same one all the way along." Um, I'm scared now, Charles. What do I do? I've never mm. seen this before, and that, I guess that's the. Mm. We're not trying to brag here. It's stuff that we've seen. We've seen people mm. uh, uh, trying to dig their way out mm. after talking to them, and we said, "Here's the uh, here's what we've seen." And he goes, "I wish I could have read this book before I got sideswiped." It's always changing. It's always uh, the attack vector. It's always aimed at the uh, the people who are complacent, mm-hmm. easily uh, uh, coerced. Um, get an email that says, um, "This is your bank. You made a mistake. If you don't get to, if you don't uh, enable this, click on this, and in the next uh, you know, thirty minutes, we're going to disable your account." Panic. They prey on those uh, those raw emotions, mm-hmm. and that's some of the stuff that you know. Uh, social media engineering uh mm-hmm. social engineering that uh, the bad guys use for it, it whenever they can because the weakest the weakest point the weakest point in all the technology is the human being that's the you know i get your password i don't care what kind of firewall you've got i don't care what kind of intrusion detection i don't care anything else that you've got i got your password i can log in i'm mm-hmm. you oh wow mm-hmm. and then it becomes full circle like okay these are all they're all tools they're all the things that we've seen repeatedly. Um, and it, it's, you know, of course, it's incumbent upon us not to repeat and repeat and repeat, uh, but to make it uh, make the stories fresh mm-hmm. and uh, make sure that the attack vectors are giving giving you a chance to think. Wow, mm-hmm. am I that person who could be that vulnerable? Mm-hmm. Good question. I mean, I know you in your day jobs, and you, you obviously experienced in this going back a long time. But has writing this series affected how you view the future of technology? Looking on that darker side, I know you have experience in your day jobs and other things, but it's like to get into the mindset of, you know, the real dark themes of how this can be used against somebody. Has that changed the way that, that, that you look at the future? Um, I, yes and no. I think technology initially is being created to help various segments. I think that you have some people that want to take it and turn it on its head, Mm. use it to undermine individuals, you know, to do things like, oh, I'm going to hack your computer and put a virus on here to get ransom uh, Mm. money from you because I can. And, you know, it's, it's, I think in a lot of cases, it's people that are lazy. They sit around in the, in the back room 
with all their little computer gear and just think up ways to to take advantage of people. Agreed. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's unfortunate that um, you it only takes one mistake. That's the that's the irony of it. You can do ninety nine point nine 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 percent of everything right, and you make that one mistake. I you know I I let my let somebody my my um, you know uh, my phone so they could uh, they could do something and and uh, they went out and got it infected and so now I can't use it for two factor authentication. You know, just things that you wouldn't expect. It's like, and then the nightmare starts when it's, when you're now the focal point of how do I fix this? And those are the things that uh, uh, we find terrifying. Uh, mm -hmm. It's uh, it's like, like Stephen King uh, once told me, he said, um, this is the way you do it. You show the, the, uh, the angelic side, you show all of the wonderful uh, capabilities, all of the, uh, you know, kitty cat, collie dog, you know, the, the white picket fence, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the uh, 2.1 children and, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the wonderful attributes. And then you let loose the monsters. And that's exactly the the, uh, the advice that uh, that uh, we've taken to heart we we do that because like okay everything should work this way except when it doesn't we've touched upon fragments of this um in the last question and a few questions before but just in a nutshell what do you want your readers to take from this series oh mostly i want them to take away that it's a great story telling mm. experience you know, yeah, me too. That's, that's, enough. that's the one thing. But the other is that, um, you know, the, the little tiny grabs of, you know, hey, you could do, you could do this, you could do that, you could make things better for yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's important as well. Um, you know, the, the cyber heroes and and most security people that are out in the world today stay one step behind the cyber criminals because you know they have more time to just sit around and think up stuff mm -hmm. and then you have to go on how many avenues to battle them uh so so i think it's it's the it's the experience of the story and when you're listening to it it becomes absolutely immersive that's one of the things we, we spotted early on uh john uh, we've written the stories and then we turn them over and we work with the uh, the uh, uh, the voice actor, uh, Derek Scholes, and uh, we can't wait to hear what he's done with the story. I mean, the, the vo uh, it's like popcorn night. Okay, good. We got five five <laughs> chapters to listen to. Quick, you know, let, let's sit down with our favorite adult beverage and the uh, popcorn and let's listen to us, you know, and, and it's it's so I, I, it, it's difficult to describe because it, it's uh, it was it was a shocker the first time that we heard him go through you know, chapters like wow uh, that's just um, uh, you know we wrote that no kidding I mean you know, <laughs> but he breathes the life into it that uh, hmm. um, that a, an audio uh, an audio file person would just go yes I'm there with him you know uh, you know and that uh, that shot just you know grazed past my head you know and um you know I'm, I'm dealing with the these people it's like wow tasty material oh, fantastic i know rocks you have experience um at reviewing audiobooks um i'd just like to throw the question out to both of you 
where where did you first come in contact with audiobooks as a format, as a way of enjoying, um, you know, the written word? I know my exposure with with a really fabulous voice actor, Ryman, and mm-hmm. he has done some amazing renditions of, you know, leading books, um, and he now does a about trying to uh, reach out to children with disabilities who can't who can't hear but can, can feel some of the stuff with the way he's audio um, uh, hookups for them. And so he was the first person that I met personally that that really had a good way of being and explaining mm-hmm. um, the audiobook. So and and he was absolutely phenomenal. He he actually kind of gave us a little bit of step by step on how to walk down the path. We uh we also spotted early on a lot of times we go to these book fairs and people would say, uh, wow, this, this all sounds nice, but uh, I don't have time to read. Wow. No kidding. Um, it, he said, no, I, I got, you know, I got, you know, I got kids, I got uh, elderly parents, I've got this and all. I love to read, uh, you know, but the, the, the 15 minutes a day that I get is not enough. Uh, and uh, I have this long commute. So uh, I listen to audibles. Um, mm. If you got an audible format, that was actually a question that was posed to us. And we're like, yeah, why don't we do that? That's uh, that's one of those things. And then, you know, as Roxanne, Roxanne indicated, um, um, we met up with uh, uh, Richard Ryman, and uh, he said, here's how you do it. And we basically got um, a shopping list. You do this, do this, do this. And um, it's not for the it, – it, it's there's more engineering to it than it sounds like. You don't just throw the manuscript over to the, uh, uh, the voice actor and say, let me know when it's done. That's not how it works. There's mm-hmm. a lot of um, heavy lifting. Um, you know, here's the kind of accents that uh, we recommend. Um, uh, it's also there's also the danger of being too heavy-handed with the voice actor saying, "Do this, 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 this," and you don't leave them any room for their um, their creative juices. So mm-hmm. we always we always do back and forth. Okay, mm-hmm. this is what I would observe. Um, my favorite phrase is like, "I don't have an idea on this one, so you may indulge yourself." on this voice so and that's the kind of thing that uh um he surprised us more than once on some of the capabilities and things that we had i never would have thought of it is is a true pleasure when that happens um i we hear a lot about to be a writer you have to be a reader and i just wondered because you hear about with authors up I'm very privileged enough to speak to a lot of authors on this on this podcast and and some will say when they're in the writing process they cannot consume any other person's work and then you get another person saying when I'm writing a specific genre I have to read as much as possible to keep me in that genre while I'm writing I just wondered where are you both on that spectrum while writing are you are you keeping up reading in that genre are you you know versatile does it just you know, have you have you got any thoughts about that? I, I read <laughs> I read all the time because I, I do reviews all the time. So mm. I do reading reviews and I do audiobook reviews, like you mentioned mm. earlier, John. Um, and I probably go through five to ten books a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just it de- depends on how how much time I have for my regular work, you know, because I work, too. Yeah. Um, but but I do it because it keeps me thinking about different things, how mm-hmm. authors approach different things, how they how they use certain descriptors, 
um, how they use certain emphasis. I think across the board, it kind of makes me think about it when I sit down in the morning first thing to to write our content to go, hmm, you know, that was a really smart thing to do thus and such. And I won't copy it, but it's like I could do something that's that's very similar that get the same impact. Mm-hmm. Charles, how about you? you? I know you read. Um, I prefer uh, just to be <laughs> uh, full disclosure here. Um, history. Um, I'm a World War II buff. Um, I've got uh, I've got hooked on uh, you know, several different uh, um, historical events. Why well, I want to know just everything about them. Uh, do I read it in, in the fiction area? Not really. And the reason is, I want my stuff to be our stuff. I don't mm-hmm. want to have. Um, it, it maybe it sounds vain. Maybe it sounds uh, you know egotistical. I can't I can't defend that. But I don't want to have. Um, Somebody else is thinking, oh, do it this way, uh, and it becomes uh, something that I pick up and uh, copy, and I, I'm, mm. I'm concerned that I don't, I don't, I want, I want fresh content for us, and uh, uh, if something needs to be, uh, uh, you know, doctored, um, Roxanne has got some of the, uh, a lot more uh, traction on, on, the, on the new material than what I do, so a lot mm. of things that the uh, you know, I start with I start with it's a story. It's a story mm-hmm. ma- telling material. Uh, some of the mechanics um, she's better at than I am, based on her uh, her, her scanning the horizon. Mm-hmm. But reading, I'm always reading. But I'm reading all the technical stuff and historical stuff. Um, um, a famous uh, author uh, once said, "The difference between fiction and nonfiction is that fiction has to make sense." So um, we spent a lot of time trying to make sense out of some of the, the things that uh, we see, um, because uh, in our world, a lot of things don't make any sense. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, a really unfair question to spring upon you, and I'll start with you, Rocks, if that's okay. Why? Why is storytelling so important to you? Because it's fun and it's entertainment. I mean, that's really the whole reason. When you can immerse somebody and and get them to a happy place, a place, a scary place, whatever their genre preference is, or a historical place, um, mm-hmm. since that's Charles's favorite, then I, then I think you give them something they can't get anywhere else, and and mm-hmm. that's important. It's like a gift. Yeah, storytelling is a very old. I mean, it goes all the way back to the times when people would move, never get their information from um, traveling troubadours who go through and either sing or recount stories of uh, uh, great battles, uh, you know, great kings um, from one campfire to the next. And it's a uh, it, it's a very old tradition that um, I I feel compelled to uh, continue. Are you both good at taking time off? What's time off? From, <laughs> yeah, I would say, because it's a difficult question that, because it could mean so many things. I guess I mean time off from thinking about the next project. No, we really don't. No. Um, <laughs> if, yeah, if we yeah. if we said anything different, John, we would be lying to you. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 If, I, if I agreed to something like that, she'd box my ears. So, okay, there it is. Okay. <laughs> that's very fair that's very fair so we try to we're we're in a mode right now where we're trying to um do our thrillers Mm -hmm. certainly and and do one a year on that because we just started a brand new 
um, a brand new series uh, called the Enigma Heirs, which is the next generation of, of the one that's behind me. Yeah. Um, and we also do a cozy mystery now. And so oh, we have two so books going all the time. Oh, fantastic. So it really is just, it's nonstop for you both. You just, like, it must just be a, you just must be a machine of ideas. (laughs) Either that or our heads are going to explode. One or the other. Well, it's not not uncommon for her to wake up in the morning and and text me or or call me and say, and use the four most terrifying words in her vocabulary. I have an idea. And then we're (laughs) off. So we hear a lot about um, for writers getting into the zone and they may bring out the candles. They may have a certain soundtrack that they listen to to get themselves in the in that writing zone. Do either of you have a specific routine or like anything that you like to do to get yourself in that writing mode? Or is it just whatever happens? I've just got to get those words down. I, I like quiet. And I like first thing in the morning. That's my best productivity time personally. Yeah, yeah, it- I have to agree with that too. It, it it's yeah. uh, it, it it's the quiet time. It's like okay, you know, let's think about this. Let's go ahead and concentrate on it. Um, um, but I, to be honest, every once in a while, you know, in, in the afternoon, I'm like, it's it's uh, nothing's gone right. Nothing it works uh, correctly. I mean, I'm I'm interrupt, uh, I'm, I'm interrupted all the time, you know. And so I'll you know I'll put on the Wagner's uh, Right of the Valkyries. It not maximum volume to annoy the people next door to me and start writing we had a question uh, sent in i had a question a dm from uh, on instagram a couple of weeks ago um and it was about from an author who was really struggling to stay consistent in their writing practice um you know other thing as we know life gets busy other things come up work gets busy and if it's not your full-time gig or like you know it's 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 something that maybe you're aspiring to start maybe it's the first one it can sometimes be difficult to stay consistent and to keep that goal of, of finishing something at the forefront have you any advice to those in that position. May I ask Rox first? Um, so John, I think the consistency when you're, especially first start, try to sit down for at least an hour to two hours at a time mm-hmm. and just write. Don't try and edit thoughts mm-hmm. out, get your ideas out, get your, get your direction going because it will fire you up. You can always edit. I've seen writers that, They'll put one paragraph down and then they'll angst over it for two hours trying to get the wording just so, but the next paragraph, all of that. So it's easier, more productive from a my perspective. Okay, Maybe it's just me, but it's easier to get a lot of things down and then go back and edit. Yeah, it, it's it definitely the, the spaghetti test effect. Where you know you take the pasta out of the you know, after the out of the boiling water, throw it against the wall, and see what sticks. Um, it's and it's important not to be. I, I'll take a, a little bit of contrarian position on this. Um, consistency uh, tends to suggest same old, same old. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to stretch. As a matter of fact, um, we've actually had a couple of uh, um, reviewers say um, this is not the same. Every book is different. You're not using the same old tired formula. These people know how to write stories. Don't be afraid to stretch and, and say, um, don't give me the same old stuff. Give me better. Mm-hmm. So it's important to be able to think along those lines. Um, don't be 
you know, using the same old formula. Um, I've had, I've talked to readers that said, man, you know, and I won't mention names because that's not fair. Um, he said, but this author, it's, it's, it's the same thing over and over and over again. You know, they, their name is so big. Oh, like, no, they do the same thing. I'm like, um, I don't want to be guilty of that. I'd rather mm. have you say, I like that one, but you know, the other one was like, well, I was kind of off the wall, uh, guys. I mean, you, are you sure? You know, like, um, because we've had other people say the same thing about the in reverse direction. So mm. don't be afraid to, you know, to uh, branch out, stretch. Yeah. Um, it's not, it shouldn't be the same. It's got to be the story. Mm. And the story is, is always a little bit different if it's mm. going to be enjoyable. So you always thinking about how can I push the boundary when the next one comes, when you start work on the next book, are you always kind of think, okay, I want this to be different. I want this to be fresh. How can I step up that game? That's always subtext. I don't think mm -hmm. of it in those terms because we mm -hmm. start off with the story. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll map out 10, 15 chapters. We have a theme. Okay. Here's the overall plot. Um, uh, let's start putting stuff in together. It's like, you know, um, you know, Lego bricks. I mean, you start putting things in, and before you know it, you you, know, you got an airplane. I'm like, wow, okay, that's no, yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, it's it's you don't want to go in with uh, preconceived notions. It's like uh, to Rox's point, um, we want to look at the story. Yeah, and then if you if you learn something from that story bonus how can how can readers connect with you where can where can readers listeners of this podcast who've been swept up with this and think i've got to listen to this now i've got to go out and check this series out right now where can we direct them to i'd love to have you invite them to come to enigmaseries.com e-n-i-g-m-a-s-e-r-i-e-s.com we actually have a link right on that front page that will take them to the audiobooks. They can download the application right from the website. And, you know, I'll tell you, if they if they will send an email because they may want a code to taste the first book and get a little discount on it, we could be persuaded. But we will insist upon a review. Nice. Very nice. Also, also we've got the audio snippets out there in case that you're a little timid and you want to be able to say, okay, well, uh, you know, let's, let's hear what, what you uh, what you crafted. Um, and we tried to pick some of the uh, uh, not saucy uh, areas, uh, but uh, more, uh, shall we say, spirited um, discussions uh, that uh, can exercise uh, Derek Scholl's voice because we think it's a, it's a very uh, uh, satisfying audio listen well what i'll make sure to do is that listeners of this podcast if you just look towards the show notes um the website uh, uh all the links mentioned will be front and center for those just to click straight away uh, so do make sure to check the description or the show notes um i'd love to end the show by simply asking what's in the pipeline we've talked about the cozy mysteries we've talked about the next generation of the enigma series which ones what's coming out next what can uh, listeners and readers get their hands wrapped around next i think if they exhaust the enigma series that's behind each of us they could start with book one in the enigma airs which is available now mm -hmm. it's called enigma tracer and book number two in that series will be out at the beginning of next year it's called Enigma Forced. We're in retail. I mean, it's always about, okay, what do you guys got coming up next? We got great stuff coming up next. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Enigma Forced is the one that we're, uh, we're sculpting correctly, mm -hmm. wordsmithing and uh, story, story smithing. Yeah. Uh, we've already 
uh, done the uh, the projected outline for the cozy mystery, which uh, will be out um, at the third quarter of, at yeah. the end of next year. Um, we do short stories on just just because um, you know uh, we don't have any better sense. Uh, you know, like <laughs> quick, we have to, we have a competition come up. They want something fresh. Ah, we run over and do that too. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it, there's no telling what we're going to crank out. So, uh, yeah. if you go out to the website, um, you'll be able to see the short stories, the yeah. audibles, the ebooks, the hard copies, um, and snippets uh, uh, from the uh, the print copies and snippets from the audios. So yeah. you can enjoy you know, you know the little tasty the sn- uh, snippets before you say, "Yeah, I'm going to have to." <laughs> Dig, dig into this so, um, <laughs> well i for one am really looking forward uh to those projects coming out and of course listeners can check out everything that's been mentioned will be linked uh in the show notes in the description so you can check that out well that just brings us to a close for this episode of the audiobook club as i've just said all of the links to the enigma series the social media accounts and where you can purchase the series uh and the other books will be linked in the show notes and description thank you so much for tuning in and of course another huge huge thank you to rooks and charles thank you so much for joining us once again johnny thank you much appreciated hope to hope to see you next uh, uh next quarter when we launch our next audiobook and you say what's new okay i got something new for you <laughs> absolutely i can't wait thank you so much guys frustrated by the royalty rates for your audiobook Annoyed that when the digital distributors say 70% royalties, they actually mean 70% of 50% or 80% of 70%, neither of which is an actual 70%. Wishing there was a way to cut out the middleman? Yet, you want your audiobook listeners to have a smooth and positive experience, and a direct download sale from your website won't deliver that. We at Pro Audio Voices hear you. Out of our commitment to our author clients, we've created Amplify, a program that provides an actual 65% of the sales price that you set, that gives you access to your customers' names and emails so you can reconnect with them, and keeps you in the driver's seat. Check it out at ProAudioVoices.com. You'll find Amplify in the marketing menu. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Audiobook Club. This episode was sponsored by Pro Audio Voices. If you have a story you want to bring to life, head over to ProAudioVoices.com to get in touch with industry professionals that can take care of every step of production, as well as offer support and guidance with marketing, growing your brand, and boosting your sales. Once again, that's ProAudioVoices.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.